0: Has anyone ever inspired you to change your life that made you more fulfilled? Well, as a leader in your business and in your community, what are those questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis? It's these questions that we explore on Inspiring Women. I am your host, Betty Collins, and I'm a certified public accountant, a business owner, and a community leader who partners with others, who want to achieve remarkable results for themselves and their organizations. I am here to help inspire you to a positive step forward for a better life. So we were really fortunate to have Randy Gerber with us um, from Gerber Clarity, who helps that first um, generation business owner really, really come and launch, um, grow, be successful. And then there comes a point in time where you It's a success, and maybe you give it to the next generation. Maybe you sell it to the next generation. Um, So today we have with us um, Bradyware Capital, who is going to talk about selling your business in today's environment. They're as optimistic as Randy is about the 22 Marketplace. But before we get into things with Bradyware Capital, you know, the, the lessons and the takeaways from Randy when he talked on my podcast was, you know, first, you probably really do need to look who you're working with. Um, he took that time to do that so that he wasn't just servicing any client because he had to at that time for economics. Um, he also talks about growing your biggest asset, and a lot of times it's not paying off your house. We think about that. Really, it's it's when you're a small business owner, it's that stock you have in the in the business. Um, he was very intentional, and you should be as well, about talking with your client, asking questions, um, inquiring, so he knows where they're at, where they're engaged, where they're uh, struggling, where they're succeeding. We talked a lot about in that, seg- in that podcast of the misconceptions business owners have. They chase way too much revenue too fast, And then there's different types of business owners. They're either grinders, they get lucky, it launches, but the strategic business owner is the one who has the success generally. And of course, this is inspired women. We talked about women and, you know, women-owned business owners. They're a lot of times more empathetic, but they've struggled through the pandemic for sure, whether it's been daycare issues, the industries they were in, the, sh- the reshifting and rethinking. Um, so they really have had to double down on alignment. In fact, what I loved he said, and you should take this as, you know, we keep talking about this great resignation. It really is a great re- time for realignment. That's the difference between someone who's really negative and someone who's really positive um, because that says opportunity. Great. You can be resigned to the or the great resignation or you can have uh, realignment. Um, and, and part of the success of building and growing that business is being present and positive. And that success, you know, is, can be happy and having peace in your life leading in, being a a thought leader being successful uh, in general Um, and then he ended up you know we talked about outcomes and shifting your your thinking to outcomes versus time so uh, it was just very insightful as he talked about that first generation so now we go into you've built the business you're successful you've got a second maybe you're almost a third generation what are you going to do with it and that's where Brady where Capital will come in, and we're going to talk with them today. We've been starting this year with some some different people, and and that are kind of really in an optimistic mode. And one of those was Randy Gerber uh, with Gerber Financial, and and he's a guy who who loves the marketplace. I mean, he is optimistic for 2022, even though we all still kind of live on the edge because of 20 and 21, right? And we all think, man, we could go back to 2019, but that's not what we're going to do. Instead, we're going to head into 22. And he was really optimistic. So I encourage you to listen to that uh, podcast. It was about a lot of times that first generation business is who he really works with. But I have a guest today that that works with not just first generation, second and third, and you know the whole point of owning a business. And for Betty Collins as a shareholder of Ware and Schoenfeld, is one day I'll sell it, right? One day I have stock and, and I can and I can tra- pass it on to somebody instead of working for someone all my life. And so today I want to introduce you to someone who helps businesses do that when they get to that point of selling and or wanting to sell or wanting to buy or wanting quote financing to go big, all those things. So. I'm, I'm with today the president of Bradywear Capital, who, of course, is related to Bradywear and Schoenfeld. And I'm going to let him talk a little bit. It's Cliff Bishop. He has a great team around him. I would tell you to go to his website. He will direct you there to see his team of seasoned people on selling businesses. And we're going to find out if 2022 is a good time to buy and sell. He's going to go into that. So Cliff, welcome today. And just tell us a little bit about you and Bradywear Capital.
1: Sure, buddy. Thanks for having me. It's, it's good to join you on this. Uh, Bradyware Capital, just a, a quick overview. Uh, it is related to Bradyware and Schoenfeld, but we focus exclusively on transactions, uh, mostly helping sellers uh, sell all or part of a business. We also do some financing growth capital, and we work with some companies on growth strategies, uh, helping them acquire other businesses. But there's a group of seven of us. Uh, we have over 150 years of experience. With that group and what we've really found over the years is, you know, that that the successful transaction is not defined just by the dollar amount, which is always important. And we focus on that. But it's also the other things, uh, including personal goals, the legacy of the business, protecting employees and things like that. So in addition to being financial people, we're also consultants and psychologists sometimes and really enjoy working with entrepreneurs and, and, and business owners to to find out what works best for them.
0: Yes, and I, I've done several transactions with Cliff. We we've worked through that. And when he says we're sometimes counselors, they are always counselors. It's a big deal to sell your business or to buy one, you know? And so that's where Brady Wear Capital gets you through this process. So what I really want to know though, and my audience wants to know, and the whole world wants to know really is, is this a good time to sell your business?
1: Yes, I, I, I think it is. And of course, it depends on the specific business. But 2021 was an exceptional year. We see all the uh, fundamentals being really strong for 2022. Quite simply, Betty, there's just a lot of capital in the market looking for good companies. Uh, public companies have record amounts of cash. Uh, many private companies have, have high levels of cash due to good operations, but also to funds that they receive from the PPP program. <clears throat> uh, private equity groups have almost a trillion dollars of uninvested money that they're looking to put to work. And all of these companies, you know, if you're going to grow right now, it's kind of hard to do it organically. Uh, They're looking to acquisitions as, as a main component of that growth strategy. So you've got all this money out there looking for, for businesses and ways to put it to work.
0: Absolutely. I know as an accountant, as a CPA who looks at financials all day long, the balance sheets are solid. And so it's, obviously a great time to sell that really good balance sheet but but you, when you have a good balance sheet it's a good time to buy as well you know it, it it's not just let's talk beyond the balance sheet i mean what are the most important factors that that drive the valuation of a business
1: yeah that's a that's a good question Betty. And there's there's a lot of things that are going to drive the the ultimate valuation but a couple of things jump out uh one is growth and it's not always just historical growth so a buyer is Typically looking to double the size of a business in a three to five year period if, mm-hmm. if they're going to put a good value on it. Um, so they're going to look at the historical growth of the business. But more importantly, they're going to look at what is the potential to grow once they acquire it. Uh, many of our clients are to the point in their business where they haven't focused on growth recently. They built a very strong business. It's very profitable, uh, accomplishes all the goals that they have. And to kind of restart it and, and you know, invest more money and time and effort, uh, they don't always do that. But what's really important, and we work with entrepreneurs to do this, is to lay out a growth strategy for the people that might be acquiring it. So, for instance, if you can say, hey, this is where we are now, we could expand geographically or we could expand our product line or we could add more salespeople. Those are the things that you really need to do to, to get the interest from potential buyers and maximize your valuation. Uh, the second thing that we see that no matter what the industry that is really important is the predictability and i call it the recurring or consistent revenue. So tech companies, you know, usually have very high multiples it's because of their technology, but it's really because most of their clients are sending sending payments in monthly or annually. And it's the same clients month after month, year after year. Um, so the more predictable and recurring revenue you have with with a large customer base is going to drive valuations. Uh, there's there's other things that go into it, but I think those two are the the key things that some people don't always focus on. Yeah, they also don't.
0: What I find is they don't focus on the team. You know, everyone thinks I'm selling my goodwill or hey, I can make money, but. The team that's in place is also usually pretty huge when you're when you're buying and selling, um, and, it, and it definitely if you have that team that you've developed that you can be the business owner and not be there because this team is so good, right? Um, now will they stay with the new buyer? That always a question, Absolutely. but, but at the same time, that team is a crucial thing to be building. When you're looking at, when I sell one day, I really want a good group that, that is there with me and that could stay on, uh, without me. And people kind of overlook that, you know, sometimes, but I'm sorry ahead. if I could
1: add to that. Cause I think that's a, that's a great point is building a team is extremely important because most of the. The owners that are selling want to either exit the business or at least reduce their involvement in it. Right. And most of the buyers don't have a lot of people on the bench that are going to parachute in and run the business. They want to supplement what's already there with, with that management team. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the perfect scenario is where the owner has kind of worked his or herself out of out of their job. Right.
0: So you know, I, I would say to business owners, you, you know, a lot of times you you want it, they want to be the smartest one in the room. They want to be the guy. They want to be the gal. Mm-hmm. They are it. They are it. But man, if you're looking at the value of your business, it's also really not just you. It's the value of you not being there. It's the value of that team that you could sell and and, and have, be in place, and it makes that buyer so much easier to come in, right? um so but but you know I, we, we're making it sound so easy that you just do these things and it all happens uh what is the toughest part of the selling process that you've experienced with business owners
1: yeah i think i think without a doubt it's the whole due diligence process so while it's yeah. a very good time to be selling right now and there's a lot of money out there it's not easy money and what we've seen over certainly the last five years or less is that no matter what the size of the deal the amount of due diligence now is more like it used to be if if a public company was selling. Yeah. So the buyer is going to bring in outside accountants. Uh, they're going to bring in uh, business strategists. They're going to do background checks. Um, you know, sometimes they bring in psychologists to say, hey, you know, do testing on the employees and everything. It's just a company that's open to new ideas and things like that. Uh, so it's really a gauntlet, and it's it's for two reasons. I mean, the buyer really wants to know those things. But the second reason is they also use the due diligence to try and beat the price down. Sure. So being organized and due diligence, having all the numbers together, uh, making sure that it's you know we have experience to know what the due diligence looks like, and if you're well prepared and you're aggressive in that, you can usually usually get through it unscathed. But it is a process, and every business owner we work with said, "Wow, when we get done, they say you told me." that it was going to be tough, but I had no idea what you meant. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, this is, these are people coming in and scrutinize everything you've ever done and built as a business. And now it's being completely scrutinized, you know, and on top of that, as, as you and I have done some deals together and and I've been part of a merger and acquisition. (laughs) One of the things that is part really tough in the selling aspect is just as much as they want to go, they don't know that they can't go. <laughs> Letting go and wanting to keep staying is also one of those things. That's where the counseling comes in, right? <laughs> That's where you really play right. a role too. So it's not all just numbers and easy stuff and EBITDA. It, there's so much to it. Um, but, you know, in, in today's market where there is a lot of capital and there's a lot of options and there's, there's buyers who are still very, hey, let's keep this going – Ah, uh, there's sellers who want to maybe get out, but they still like being in the game. You know, what are options? What options does an owner have when they're considering the sales and transaction of the business?
1: Well, Betty, this this is the fun part to me because I think most business owners, or a lot of business owners, envision that when they sell the business, uh, they're going to call their biggest competitor and they're going to take over, and that the owner's going to clear clear out their desk and ride right into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And that rarely happens. Uh, there's all kinds of options uh, that 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 don't require you to just just leave. Now, some people, if they want to exit, we can do that. But most of them, and probably over half the deals we've worked on in the last couple of years, involve selling maybe 80% of the company, uh, retaining 20% or set some something in that range, uh, and then focusing on helping the new owner grow the company. Uh, but they can get rid of a lot of the things that maybe weren't so much fun so all the hr can be turned over so they don't have to worry about employee problems or hiring or when there's disputes on the floor uh they may not have to deal with the banking or the insurance or regulatory environmental type things so we've seen the entrepreneurs be able to focus on what they really like which might be uh, new business development might be product development might be focusing on trade shows and developing a bigger network Uh, And then they also have the capital of their new partners. So they're not doing it with their own money. They're not signing any bank notes or anything like that. Right. They're using somebody else's money to really grow the business. And we've had, you know, now I will say not all entrepreneurs are good employees. So it doesn't always work. But many, many people we've dealt with have really become reinvigorated and said, boy, I thought I wanted to retire and get the heck out of this business where I'm having a lot of fun now and doing the things I like. And I still have my identity with the business. Right. So that, that's that's one option, you know, and then there's other other options other than, than selling completely. There's transitioning to other family members. And, you know, we we can help put together the the, the financial uh, roadmap for that. There's management buyouts, which, you know, a lot of times honestly sound good, but it's hard to come up with the money for the management, but we've worked on that. And then there's also the ESOP options. So really counseling the, owners. And it's, it's really fun. The first time we go in to meet with somebody and saying, Hey, if you want to sell, let's consider all these options and figure out what's best for you and your business and your family.
0: Well, I can tell you that, um, you know, it isn't just one every, how do I say this? It isn't just one size fits all. There are so many different ways you can do and sell and stay and leave. And, and you guys do some great stuff and get creative. And, and I've been part of those times where that happens. And then everybody wins in the end. Now, you've really talked about what you should do, what you what's supposed to do. <laughs> But what are, let's talk about what you're not supposed to do or, or you know, what are some of the typical business owners? They make mistakes when it comes to selling their business. What are those things that they fall into that, that can be avoided?
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Another good question. I think, I think the biggest thing is focusing only on price versus the whole – all the things that go into a deal. And as I said earlier, price is always important, and I don't want to diminish that. Uh, but it's not the only thing. And we try and encourage – um, the seller to understand what's going to make you live happily ever after. Um, is it just the money? No, probably not. You know, it's it's the it's lifestyle. It's other things that go along with that. But when you, neg- when you start negotiating a deal, a lot of owners focus only on the price. And if they don't have somebody like us involved or their attorney involved, they miss some of the, re- the, the the key deals, key deal points. I'm sorry. Um, you know, is the money all going to be up front? It's going to be paid over time. What types of guarantees is the seller gonna to have to give to the people coming in to buy? Um, I one of the buyers that we got to know pretty well has already said, I'll let your seller name the price, whatever they want, as long as I get to make the terms. So Interesting. you know if they want ten million dollars, fine. You give me twenty years to pay them that, we we got a deal. Um, so that the, the point is the mistake that people make is to is to not look at the 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 all the terms that go into the deal and then i think that the second thing would be what what you referenced earlier would be not building a not building out a full team Mm -hmm. um you know saying hey i i'm going to do everything i i'm going to uh, run the sales i'm going to have all the relationships i'm going to run the 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 operations Uh, and it's really the opposite thing that you need to do it's counterintuitive you need to work yourself out of those things Um, to build value. But those mistakes are pretty typical because, you know, entrepreneurs are wired that way. Type A personalities, aggressive, which are all good things, but they need to be tempered a little bit in a process.
0: Right. Right. You know, one of the, one of the things when I deal with clients, when they kind of getting to this point, they start talking about it. Um, Yeah. And I'm a CPA. I'm, I'm not a broker. I'm not a consultant in this, but the one thing I say to them is, would you buy you? And you got to really take that question to heart and look and go, would you buy you? And a lot of times they go, no, that's why I want to sell. So don't you know if you are just going to focus on price, you are going to focus on what you get. You have to also say, would I buy me? And fix those things that would make it differently that would make you want to buy you. Um, not always an easy conversation because they have to they have to really be honest and open with themselves and look in the mirror. But uh, sometimes they don't want to they don't want to face that. And my mom always said it's as the sale price is what someone's willing to pay at the end of the day, you know? And so when you're too focused on price and you're too focused on what am I going to get now, uh, you could really lose, especially a lifetime of hard work. So you don't want to be in those mistakes, making those things. Um, just my common sense approach, Cliff. I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, I'm I'm not a big broker like, uh, Cliff Bishop, uh, president of Brady Bradyware capital. So, but, um, you know, a lot of times people don't want to they want to sell, but they want to sell like, oh, right now, let's just get this done. I'm tired. Instead of going, I probably should have prepared for this moment. Because it's kind of like you're almost resigning to I'm going to retire and now I'm old or I'm I'm giving up, but really it is you're preparing to sell a business to be the most successful sale of your of your time, of your, of your lifetime work, or even maybe a second and third generation. So to effectively sell something and really opt you know, get that optimization for you, your family, whatever it is, what is it that the business owner needs to do to prepare? And then the second question on that is, you know, what, what's the, what's the kind of the timeline? Is it one year, six months, two days, five years? You know, those are something that I think my audience needs to hear you talk about.
1: Now that that that's exactly right. you, you hit it on the head. I mean, I think, you know, the, the high level comment would be that you really want to start the process when you still have gas left in the tank, mm. uh, where there's still enthusiasm for the business and I'll call it a runway where the owner doesn't say I have to be out of here in 90 days or, you know, there's health problems that, that, necessitate them leaving. so um, the enthusiasm shows in the in the process. So if somebody waits too long, that becomes clear and like you said, it, it seems like a fire sale and you know take this thing off my hands and let, let me go to the beach. Um, we've done those transactions, but that's not profitable. Uh, the biggest <clears throat> excuse me, the biggest thing that can be done is to build a good team, which we've already hit on, uh, but also build out the financial statements. And this goes back to also what we talk about the due diligence you have no idea the depth and how deep people are going to dig on the financial statements. Uh, for instance, almost every buyer is going to ask not just what your top and bottom line is, but where where are you making your money? So give me revenue and gross profit by product. Let us see revenue and gross profit by customer. So if your you, company may have a customer that's 50% of revenue, the buyer wants to know, well, is that of gross profit or 20% or 80%. And, you know, most, most businesses don't have a handle on that so the now they can get it fairly easily. So if they put together a team and work with their CPA and, and other people, they can get those numbers. um, I I think, and then also building the the same thing on a legal side, making sure that everything's in order uh, with their, with their attorney and, you know, all the records and things like that. Uh, So the timing can, can be different. we met with some companies that are ready to go. You meet with them and say, "Wow, your numbers are great. Uh, you have a good command of your business. You've put together a good M and A type team. You know, we could get going in the next three months." Um, there's others we worked three, four, five years with, where the timing's just not right. It, you know, we can help. You know, them find the right people to come in and work on their numbers, uh, put systems in place. And honestly, it's usually not rocket science. It's just a, a commitment to focus on that. Uh, the process itself, Betty. I mean, once a company is ready to go, it can go quicker than what most think. You know, from we had one engagement letter that we signed in August of this past year, and we closed it December thirty first. Most processes though take from the time they were to engage and really get going would take six to, uh, six to eight months.
0: Well, you know, one of the things I, when I talked to business owners and 21 was one of those years, I'm sure that you, it was a banner year. It was a huge year for people buying and selling. Mostly there was a lot of fear. There's a lot of unknown, right? And what I tell people when you're going to make decisions, especially like, hey, I think I'm just going to sell because this legislation is going to get passed or whatever. There's just, there's indicators out there in the market that tell you to not knee-jerk react, you know. And so I tell them, I, I get it that that the, the stock market was 37,000 and now it's 36 and it's going to 35 something. That's not what you make your entire decision on. Your consumer price index, your interest rates, you know, what is government in, in keeping a post Tax does play a role of how is that going to affect my buy or my sell. When you're making a decision of a lifetime business or hard work and you took the risk, there are so many factors that come into play before you just go make a decision that it's timed, you know, and I can't emphasize that enough. And in talking with you over the years and certainly with Randy, it's a great, Randy Gerber, it's a great time to sell almost always, you know, I mean, you have those years, but there's still a lot of good indicators out there. And you you got to pay attention to those as well when you're making that, I'm, I'm ready now to make this decision. Um, especially when you took the risk, you should get the reward and not make impulsive decisions. And that's why I, I really wanted to have Randy Gerber and Brady Ware Capital on my podcast, talking about the good side, talking about the optimism, keeping that alive. Um, one of the reasons I'm a business owner and I'm a CPA and I do what I do is because when the marketplace in in this country works, the world works. And when employers can have employees, that means they're, they're provisioned for households that form our communities. So it all plays a role, and there's all kinds of things you should be looking at as you're making these decisions. So I know if you have questions and follow-up and would like to get to know Cliff Bishop and Brady Ware Capital a little bit more, Cliff, can you kind of direct us to the website um, as to where they can find you in your email?
1: Sure. Uh, the website is www.bradywarecapital.com. And there's also a link from the, from the main Brady Ware site. Uh, my email is cbishop at bradyware.com that's c-b-i-s-h-o-p at bradyware.com and my uh, direct number is 937-913-2538 and i know if you want to contact betty she'll be gracious enough to put us in contact as well so really enjoy talking to entrepreneurs and and look even if you're not ready to sell the business um you just want to talk about potential valuations and what's going on in the market uh, we really enjoy those conversations. We're happy to spend the time and, and we'd we'll love to talk to you. I, I personally enjoy hearing the stories that entrepreneurs have about how they've built their business and what they want to accomplish. So uh, I really hope we get some, uh, make some contacts and can help people make some good decisions.
0: Great. Cliff, again, thank you so much for taking time today, for joining my audience. And um, everybody, you know, keep moving forward. Keep Keep your optimism out there and um grow that business It's the one thing that you control every day right for the most part so um, buying and selling is something you need to be thinking about and all as an entrepreneur and I know that Brady Wear capital can get you there. Have a great day. Inspired women has been presented by Brady Wear and Company as your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. be prepared. Visit bradyware.com to find out more about the accounting services that can assist you to that next level. All this plus more about the podcast can be found in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show or give us a review. Remember, inspiration is powerful. Whose life will you be changing?